What's up, everybody, and welcome into an edition of B-Shape Daily, in which we will talk about sports. My name's Brendan Schaefer, excited to be here with you. As I mentioned off the top, yesterday was not a sports-filled podcast. We talked about cereal, we talked about chain restaurants, and then we talked a little bit of NFL football, which involved Tom Brady leaving the New England Patriots. We now know he's headed for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's interesting, but a lot of you are here for Cardinal baseball talk. And so that's what I'm going to give you today, sort of, because I had a guest interview again for the show, talked about how we interviewed Taylor Rosalino on Monday, I believe it was, for the podcast. He was the kicker for the St. Louis Battlehawks football team. If you'd like to go back and listen to Monday's conversation, I recommend doing so, especially if you have any interest in the Battlehawks. They kind of took me by surprise in the fact that I became interested in them, and a lot of people in St. Louis did as well. So, fun conversation on Monday. But today, I'm interviewing a former Cardinal. His name's Joe Hudson, played catcher for the Cardinals toward the very end of last season, 2019. Spent most of the season with the Memphis Redbirds, but I got to know him a little bit back in spring training. Last spring, that is. And now Joe is a member of the Seattle Mariners organization. And that made for certainly some interesting talking points and topics to run through with him. Because Seattle, of course, is the area where the coronavirus really first started to impact the United States. That was kind of one of the first cities that that saw things get really bad really quickly. And if you recall, way back, you know, last week, before Major League Baseball was forced to suspend spring training and postpone indefinitely the start of the regular baseball season, there was talk of, you know, back when the timeline was everything's going to go along as planned, we might have to make some slight modifications. The Mariners were really the first team to discuss doing so, and the idea was that they were not going to play their first two home games in Seattle, they were, or pardon me, first two home series in Seattle, and they were going to have to play elsewhere. Got into some of that information with Joe Hudson, talked about what it's been like from a player's perspective, and he's a guy who has you know played in the minors, gotten some time in the majors as well, so he he's, sees it from both sides and, and, and understands it from both sides, knows players, certainly teammates and friends that are on both sides of that fence, and a lot of people see the discrepancy between, okay, Major League Baseball is talking about taking care of those players who have Major League experience or are on Major League rosters or 40-man rosters, whereas the minor leaguers so far sounds like they might kind of be left out in the dust. But talk to Joe about what our hopes are for what baseball could do to help the minor league players out. I know it's a topic that that I've seen Cardinals Twitter very active about and, and discussing, and so... Uh, I feel like people might like to hear the perspective of a guy who's who's right in the middle of all that right now, all that uncertainty and, and, and not knowing what's going to happen here in, in the next few weeks and potentially months. So was excited to get the chance to talk to Joe. We talked about some other things, too, that should be of interest to Cardinals fans. Obviously, always great to get the perspective on Yadier Molina from a guy who, who played alongside him and, and, and plays the same position that Yadier does, uh, a guy that I think it's hard for Cardinals fans really sometimes to even appreciate the full scope of, of what Yadier Molina brings to the table because after so long you just get used to it and and you grow accustomed to to what he is and does every day for for the Cardinals and has done for the last 15 years or so so that was good to talk to Joe about that and then we got into some some other topics some random stuff fantasy football 
things like that. He's a big fantasy football guy, so we got into a little bit of that as well. Going to dive right into this conversation with Joe Hudson with you here in just a moment. Wanted to take a second to plug the old social media feeds. You can give me a follow pretty much anywhere. It's at bshafer12. That's Twitter, facebook.com slash bshafer12. To follow the podcast on Anchor, it's anchor.fm slash bshafer12. Instagram is the same, and I'm looking to fire up Twitch streaming service for MLB The Show, something that I did a test run for last night. I finally caved and bought the dang game. I never do this. I never buy, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in tomorrow's show. I've got an idea for what that might look like. I never buy the brand new sports video game. I always wait a few months for the price to drop, but I dropped the $60 on it last night, and so looking to maybe get into some streaming where I can talk Cardinals, baseball, whatever with you guys while I'm playing, if that's something people would have interest in. Just look out on Twitter. I don't know if you can follow me directly on Twitch without me doing a stream, but it's at bshafer12 over there as well. Going to do a quick hit for Anchor, and then we'll be right into the conversation with former Cardinals catcher, current Seattle Mariners catcher, Joe Hudson. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, and I'm really excited to have with me former St. Louis Cardinal. He's now with the Seattle Mariners organization, catcher Joe Hudson. Joe, how you doing today, man? Hey, Brandon, doing well. It's good to hear, especially considering the circumstances. I know it's a weird time for a lot of sports fans. I can't even begin to imagine what it's like for the actual players. And so I'm going to try to get a little bit of insight from you and kind of what's going on right now. One major factor that people are wondering about is what's going to happen for the players, especially guys who are fighting for jobs in the minor leagues, looking to scrap their way to the majors, what's going to happen as far as their salaries are concerned? There's just not a whole lot of certainty there. And, you know, obviously we've been aware for some time that coronavirus was going on, but it wasn't until recently that it started to impact our lives here in the United States. So first of all, I'm just curious what that process was like as you guys are going through spring camp. At what point did you kind of realize that this thing could, could actually impact your livelihood? Yeah. So, um, definitely some strange times that we're all in right now. Um, I'm going to speak on behalf of myself and behalf of the Mariners here, because that's kind of the only, um, circumstances that I can speak under. I know some teams are handling, some teams are handling this a little differently. Um, but um, for the most part, um, we're all we're all still in this huge, you know, holding pattern right now. Um, so it all first started kind of the beginning of camp, maybe a couple weeks in. Um, we started seeing some cases um, internationally and um, our manager and general manager and the trainers. They were all kind of saying, hey, you know, this is just something to keep your eyes on. Uh, just be aware. And, you know, they were doing a great job of just getting the information out there, making us aware um, and basically briefing us on a daily basis, kind of like what's going on. And and then slowly but surely, it kind of, you know, grew into this bigger thing. And then all all of a sudden we, we see some cases pop up in Seattle. And now as a Mariner, that becomes um, kind of a, a direct hit. Right. So 
all these question marks start arising and are we going to, are we going to play home games to open up the year? Um, are we going to have to relocate and play on the road to begin the year? And, you know, so things start to get really real, really fast. Uh, once the, it kind of starts to hit Seattle, things progress, things get worse. Um, the team kind of will have some team meetings, you know, every other day about the spread of the virus and, the news comes out that Major League Baseball is um, kind of suspending spring training and suspending the season. And then that's when, you know, it really, really hits you as a player. Um, I know, again, I'm, I'm not the only one, certainly, that's not affected, that's affected by this. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of guys that are in this organization that are getting affected. But that's kind of how the timeline went. And um, it wasn't really until they officially said, hey, you know, spring training has has been canceled that it really hit guys because i don't think that people really realized how serious this was uh until that announcement was made so everyone's scrambling and um i know people are dealing with this you know in a lot of different ways and it's it's scary and i know a lot of guys are super uncertain about what's going to happen to their families and, and i'm certainly one of those yeah and it, it it's just crazy to as you as you talk your way through that just hear how it all develops because at first you just don't think that you know it's just something you have a cursory awareness of but then the next thing you know it's impacting on a on a day-to-day basis to the extent that now as you you, you joked with me before we got on the on the recording that you know you're kind of locked down staying at your house for the most part that's that's where i am that's where a lot of people are nowadays now what kind of communication have you had with kind of close teammates and, and just about, because I know that, you know, baseball has announced or, or some teams have started to come out and say they're, they're going to take care of players for their per diems through the rest of spring. But obviously that's only a couple more weeks. And then you talk about the regular season. What are the, what are the guys that you're talking to your teammates saying about, about this situation as you guys kind of talk your way through this? Yeah. So great question. And this is kind of uh looming on a lot of people's minds is um, what are, what are teams going to do for pay and how, how are they going to take care of the players? And, and then, you, you know, you have your 40 man roster players um, who are protected under the major league uh, baseball players association. So they have their own union. And then you have the minor leaguers who, who don't have the luxury of having representation. And they're kind of the ones that are, you know, in this, um, you know, situation of enormous certainty, uh, uncertainty um, you got. So I, I kind of like the, group it into two the two separate categories you know you got yeah, your forty men your major leaguers and your minor leaguers right so i think that's pretty fair um and i've talked to both i've talked to a lot of guys and no matter who you talk to really it's kind of the same question it's how are teams going to handle this for pay um for paychecks or per diem and i think as it currently stands um 40 men guys and if anyone who ended the season on the major league roster to end the 2019 season, we're going to continue to get uh, like spring, spring training per diem meal money, living out allowance. Um, and that's, and that's good. Certainly not, you know, um, a, a paycheck, a full paycheck like you would have received during a season. Right. Definitely. But I think, I, I think they're going to cross that bridge when they get there. Um, but that leaves out the, the minor leaguers right now. Um, anyone who hasn't had a day of major league service or, anyone who didn't end the year on the major league roster. Um, and that's, and that's quite frankly, a lot of guys. And, um, and it's, it's terrifying and it's, it's really 
concerning about what Major League Baseball may or may not do and what they can and can't do. You know, I, I certainly don't have all the answers, but um, hopefully the right thing is done. And there's a lot of guys right now who are who are scared and who need some help. Yeah, man, I think what you pointed out there, too, is is fair to mention you don't have the answers. I certainly don't. And I think Major League Baseball is working to come up with them as they can. I'm hoping, along with the rest of us, that that they end up doing the right thing and, and doing right by these guys. But it's also interesting to just look at it from a 10,000-foot view and say, as much as none of us expected this to be happening right now, Major League Baseball certainly probably did not see this coming either. And so kind of giving them the opportunity to hopefully work their way through the, the process of what this actually looks like. And, and hopefully at the end of the day, as you said, they're, they're able to, to make sure everybody's taken care of. Totally. And I think that make you made a great point is that no one expected this, not even major league baseball, the decision makers, you know, whoever you want to lump into that category, no one expected this. So I, I know that I'm trying to be as patient as possible uh, when it comes to my fate. Um, I know it's not, it's easy, a lot easier said than done um, for a lot of other guys, but um, there's a lot of issues right now that they're trying to iron out. And I totally understand that. And I, and I've been urging my teammates and some other guys um, to kind of think the same way. Um, let this play out. Um, let these guys handle this in the most professional manner as possible because they've never ever had to deal with this and they never anticipated it. So I, I hope that they make the right decisions moving forward and, really take care of these people they need to be taken care of. And so far, it looks like they have. I know I saw today that um, every team is going to be donating a million dollars to the stadium workers and people who were kind of uh, directly impacted by this. So that's a great step. And let's see if they can um, continue to make the right decisions. Absolutely. I'm right with you on that. Going to shift gears with you here for a minute and talk about just your time in the St. Louis organization, because I know you didn't spend a whole lot of time there, but Cardinal fans, I'm sure, would certainly be interested in knowing just kind of your thoughts on on what the, the last season was like and then getting that call up at the end of the year and just kind of what how you reflect upon your experience in St. Louis. Absolutely. Um I have nothing but great things to say about St. Louis, um, especially the fans. My gosh. Um, so I spent the whole year in Memphis, um, you know, playing there. Um, never really got, didn't get a chance to get called up during the season. Um, and then September rolls around, or I guess late August rolls around. And uh, the rosters expand. And Matt Wieters goes down with a little bit of a calf strain. And I'm playing my – what would have been one of my last games of the season in Des Moines, Iowa, playing against the Iowa Cubs. And my manager calls me into the office after the game. We had just lost. I think we had just been eliminated from the playoffs. So there was kind of a somber mood in the locker room. And, um, and I'm like, gosh, what the heck? What, what, does he, what does he want? You know, I wasn't expecting a call up. Um, quite frankly, I didn't have as great of a season as I wanted to. I, mean, I did okay, but I didn't, you know, certainly didn't perform to where I wanted to, but, um, I wasn't expecting a call up at all. And my manager pulls me into his office and looks me dead in the face and just says, Hey, uh, you're going to go to St. Louis tomorrow. And I honestly thought he was kidding. Um, oh, the, wow. news, the news wasn't, I had no idea weeders had gotten injured. Um, I didn't think there was a need for me. Um, so I like looked at him funny and I was like, okay, seriously, like what's going on? And he's like, I, I wish I, I, I wish I was like, you know, that, I wish I had the presence to like play a prank on you at this time, Joe, but like, this is, <laughs> this is serious. Um, make arrangements. You're heading off to St. Louis tomorrow. And so, um, 
yeah, that was that was really the the that was really the story there, and I uh, got called up and met all the guys, and um, that was such a tremendous experience sharing a locker room with Yachty and and Wayno and Michael Waka and Goldschmidt and some of and, and Andrew Miller. Those are some of the guys that come to my mind just in, um, right off the top of my head, and um, boy, what I, what professional class acts those guys were! So I was very lucky. Yeah, man, that's great to hear. That's an awesome story. And uh, another thing that kind of obviously comes to mind, you playing the same position as Yadier Molina, I, I know you probably might have interacted with him maybe a little bit more back in spring training last year than than just the brief time you had at the end of the year. But curious, just reflecting upon that at, at this point in your career, what that year kind of meant for you to be able to to kind of see the way Yachty, you know, still a guy who's getting up there in age a little bit now, but he still prepares with the best of them. And, and it's obvious that that's a reason that he's able to have been so successful. But just curious kind of what you took away from his preparation and the way Yachty or Molina goes about his business that you've been able to kind of consider for your own game as you move forward in your own career. Yeah, totally. I get that question a lot, actually. It was like, so what was it like, you know, playing with Yachty and where did you <laughs> right. learn? You know, I get it all the time, um, and I'm glad to answer this. And I usually tell people this: um, if you look at our catching styles, you know, he's got his own style, I've got my own style, and we're we're pretty different on the spectrum of like catching styles. So, specifically, I didn't learn much catching and how, like, mechanically um, speaking, from Yai. What I did learn was arguably more important is how to interact with pitchers, how to talk to guys, how to prepare for a game how to find a routine that works for me and how to earn trust from the pitching staff. Um, Yachty walks into a room and everyone's eyes look towards him. He commands, he commands the room. And that's just something, that's something you got to earn over time. Um, and nine gold gloves would help that for sure. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but over time he's earned that. And, yeah. um, and I, and I saw firsthand how he talked to guys, how he would look them in the eye, how, he would care about them and genuinely um, carry on conversations and, and just having that ability to have people believe in you and know that, you know, I've prepared for this moment and pitchers bought into it. And that's kind of the biggest thing I learned from the audience. That's something I'll take uh, with me moving forward. That's some great stuff, man. I appreciate the insight there for sure. And I'm going to, going to pull another fast one on you and kind of change lanes once again. No problem. I know that you're a big fantasy football guy, so I'm curious what your thoughts have been because the NFL is like the only thing going right now with their free agency. So I'm curious what you think of all this Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. You get DeAndre Hopkins traded, Stephon Diggs moving on to Buffalo. What are some of the thoughts that you've had about uh, some of the news that we've had over the last couple few days, which has really been the only news in the sports world? Yeah, no, it's kind of uh, kind of refreshing actually to keep to get your mind off of baseball and what's happening, and then uh, kind of reading what's happening on the, what's happening with the NFL right now. So, but yeah, you nailed it. I'm a huge fantasy football nerd. Um, I've I've been a commissioner with this league of mine, my old buddies, for I think six or seven years. Oh, that's um, impressive! Tremendously, we haven't had one person um, skip out in the league. I mean, we've got a trophy, we've got punishments. It's it's a, a fantastic group uh, chat thread and um, we've, <laughs> oh, I bet. we've we've got it we've got it um we've got a good league so but yeah so i'll i'll, I'll finish with saying that i'm a tampa bay buccaneers fan oh and here we go here we go so i've i've heard the news today that tom's going to be signing with the bucks and my first reaction 
was I spent a good amount of my childhood or my high school years hating Tom Brady. I was a big Peyton Manning fan. My best friend, my guru, uh, my best man at my wedding is a huge Tom Brady fan. And I, him and I just could never see eye to eye with Tom Brady. I liked Peyton Manning. He liked Tom Brady. I liked the Colts and I liked the Broncos because Peyton Manning went there. He liked the Patriots and Tom Brady. Always him and I button heads. And for a good part of my life, I just despised the man. Uh, Despite his devastating looks and his <laughs> supermodel wife, and the guy seems to be a good guy, I get it. But I just, it's going to be really, really weird for me to see him in a Bucks uniform. Um, you know, let's see if he starts winning some games. He'll probably win me over very quick. I'll, I'll, I'll admit. <laughs> that, that is fantastic because I, and like you're talking to a former St. Louis Rams fan. So I'm right there with you as far as Tom Brady is concerned. <laughs> But I, yeah. I just don't know at this point in his career, you know, going to be 43 years old, Tampa's going to have to put in an offensive line and a run game that's able to support him. And the defense wasn't that good last year either. As If you're a Bucks fan, I'm sure you know all about that. So I, sure. I'm curious to see how he's going to do. But I like that you're taking the cautious approach so far. Yeah, um, it's been tough mud to be a Bucks fan for the last, I don't know, almost 20 years since they won the Super Bowl in 2002, I believe. And I, I remember that. I was I was a little kid watching the game. Um, defense has always stunk. We were, always play, we were always playing from behind. Jameis loves to throw the ball to the other team, so we, we can't help it. So, anyway, uh, seems like Tom's our savior, so maybe I'll get <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And this might be, if you remember it, this might be uh, uh, bringing up a sad memory, but do you recall the name Ricky Prohl? From it must have been like the 1999 NFC Championship when the the Rams, then St. Louis Rams, uh, beat the Bucks, and Prohl had like the big long catch to win it. I don't know if that's bringing up some bad memories for you, but I know St. Louisans remember that one. I remember the name Ricky Prohl. I don't specifically remember that game. I think my earliest Bucks memories were. Um, Sean King at quarterback uh, with like Mike Allstott just freaking running dudes over. Uh, <laughs> I remember going to a Bucks game at the old Tampa Bay Stadium and Trent Dilfer was the quarterback at the time. This must have been, this was before the Super Bowl, um, right. mid to late 90s. Dilfer was our quarterback and he threw like four interceptions. Apparently that's a, that's a staple if you want to be a Buccaneers quarterback recently. Oh, my gosh. Um, so he threw like a ton of interceptions, and the whole stadium is chanting, Dill first sucks. Dill first sucks. <laughs> and I must have been like six, seven years old. And um, so it's been it's been a tough, long road for Bucks fans. Um, so, again, TB12 coming into the Bay. Let's see if he can turn things around. I, it's going to be tough for me to root for him at first, though, I'll be honest. Yeah, but you know what? When he starts slinging touchdowns to Mike Evans, I think you'll, I think you'll, I think he'll come around. I think so too. I'm already, I'm already warming up to the idea. Yeah, thought. man, that's pretty cool. And so I saw Jack Flaherty tweet this. He's like everybody else trying to figure out what the heck to do with himself right now. And so he said he's going to start doing player lists and early mock drafts. How early do you start mock drafting for a regular NFL season? <laughs> the day last year's fantasy season ended, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I started in June, I think it was last year, and I felt, and, and that was the first time that I really dove into months and months of mocks, and I really enjoy it. It's a nice way to pass the time, but then you almost feel like 
when you get to the draft, you're almost too prepared and you can kind of psych yourself out. I'm pretty sure, though, now that we're all on lockdown, I'll be starting up right away. <laughs> um, I haven't thought about it until right now, but now at, when we're done with this conversation, I'm probably going to fire up the app. <laughs> That's fantastic. But yeah, you're totally right. I, I overanalyze and I overprepare, and I'm actually known to draft terribly, but I make the in-season adjustments. I'm I'm a big, you know, mid-season trade guy. I, I try to piece my roster together as well as I can for, you know, late in the season success. Like that's pretty. That's a pretty no-brainer. But um, admittedly, terrible drafter. I, I'm, I've never really drafted well, um, but I try and figure it out as I go. That's pretty good. And so, are you just in the one league with your buddies, or do you do other ones? Um, I will just about always put together a league with whatever team I'm on to end the season. Yeah. Um, so, you know, last year we had a Memphis league. That was pretty fun. Um, the year before I was in Salt Lake. So we had, we put a league together with that, with a couple of the angels guys. So that's kind of, um, you know, par for the course right there for me is I'll put together a league, um, with anyone I'm with at the end of the year. That makes sense. And it's better than what I do because last year, I think I was involved in, I, I kind of lost count, honestly, of how many leagues I was in. It was between like 15 and 20 and oh, it, it kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit insane, but it, but it, it did become a little bit difficult to keep track of. So we'll see. I probably got to pare it down a little bit this season, but I'm going to ask you one more question before I let you go. And it's, it's the obvious elephant in the room. I'm just curious what, what are you going to do with all this unexpected free time in addition to maybe some fantasy drafting? Because I'm thinking yeah. about myself, you know, my spring and summer obviously revolve around baseball, but you're a, you're a player. I can't even fathom the situation. So you're a Netflix guy, you, you're a video game guy. What are you doing to fill the time during the quarantine? Yeah, you know, you got your meaningless activities, um, Netflix. I'm not a big video game guy. Um so I shy away from video games because that's that's a dark hole you can get you can get sucked <laughs> into. That's fair. Um, I've seen I've seen some teammates just waste hours into that, and I, I just I have I I'm scared to be honest with you. Um, I got I got a dog, so he's gonna get some extra exercise here in the next few weeks. Um, my wife is always around. She travels with me, you know, wherever we go. She has the ability to. Um, travel and kind of fly out of whatever airport for her work. So that's great. Um, we'll try and find some stuff to do. Um, but you know, it, baseball is still hopefully going to be right around the corner and I am a baseball player until further notice. So I need to stay in shape. I got to find ways to, to prepare for this season whenever that starts. And, um, so I gotta, I gotta figure that out, even though all the facilities are closed and gyms are closed and, you know, so it's it's going to be tough for me and for a lot of other guys. So hopefully some clarity comes in the next you know few weeks and guys can start getting back on their routines because, you know, we desperately need it. Yeah, man, I, I like the positive mentality about we're going to get baseball back soon. It's only going to be a matter of time. But maybe what you need, and this is what I'd love to see, is like the Joe Hudson, Rocky Balboa montage of all the different ways you got to work out without the access to the facilities that you normally have. Just kind of floating <laughs> that idea for you. Totally. I like that idea. I'll give it some thoughts and I'm open to any ideas you may have or more All right. out there. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, Joe, I really appreciate the time today and uh, just thank you so much. I, I'm sure the listeners will appreciate that perspective from, from a guy who's, who's in the middle of this right now playing major league, minor league baseball. So appreciate the time, man. 
No, of course. Anytime. That was Joe Hudson, ladies and gentlemen. Really excited and happy that we were able to get him on the show today and appreciative of Joe for taking the time, of course. That's going to pretty much do it, though, for today's episode of Be Shave Daily. Again, remember, it's Be Shaver 12 pretty much anywhere you can want to find me. Let me know what you think of the show, what you thought of Joe Hudson, and who you might like to see me try to interview in the future. We'll try to keep reaching out to different different people in the sports world and try to get their perspective during this time where things are pretty uncertain as far as the sports world goes. We'll be back tomorrow, try to talk some more sports content, and you know what? If we run out of stuff to say, we'll just start talking about cereal. Thank you once again. This has been B-Shape Daily, and we will talk to you tomorrow.